she's talking now. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it always works that way. All right. Hey, my friends in heart and hustle land. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am Paulette Riestini, your tribal hostess, your movement motivator, your passion, inspirator, and instigator. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I'm so happy to welcome you to another episode. We are going into our second year, and that's really exciting. Uh, so today I get to welcome a special guest from the Midwest, Karen Kirchman. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so excited to actually meet you via... I know, I love that. Computer. And I'm, I so appreciate the space that you hold. From the moment you we connected, I was just like, yes! I, I'm so grateful for all Thank that you offer and hold in the world. Thank you so much. Life is good. I love my work. I love what I do. Um, I bring you Movement, Momentum, and Magic, which is transformational lifestyle and creativity coaching, along with running a global dance empire and many other things like my poetry book and stuff. But my main love right now is bringing you together, networking together with these amazing uh, women, predominantly women, around the globe who are making great change in the world, who are bringing goodness and transformation and brightness, uh, healing. And Karen, you're, you're, uh, you do a lot of healing work. Mm, as a coach I breathe that healer. in. Thank you. So I want you to tell our friends out here what you do. Absolutely. Well, I serve as a wholeness coach and an integrative healer and a soulful enterprise maven. I love. Sorry. No, that's perfect. And, uh, you know, it's a bit of a nebulous title, wholeness coach, and it encompasses a lot of things. I have a lot of tools in my toolbox, as it were, but it's this soulful blend of life coaching and whole health coaching and energy transformation and embodiment practices. And what we're really focused on is cultivating a relationship to our bodies and our lives that is full of love and joy and deep meaning in all of that. And so more than anything, I think I hold space to reconnect people to their wholeness. I really believe at fundamentally that our bodies already know how to heal. They already have this incredible brilliance within them our businesses or whether that's a career or creative expression, regardless of whether or not we own a business or operate as an entrepreneur, but certainly, uh, at least in this space, I know many are entrepreneurs. And so our business already knows how to thrive and our beings already know, yes, our beings already know how to flourish. So when we, really what healing is, is a removing of those obstacles and untangling of those things that keep us constricted and restricted and limited and, and mm. where we find challenge in those spaces. So it's reconnecting to that wholeness, that foundational brilliance that is already there and oh. allowing that to be cultivated, allowing that to be the expression, allowing love to flow through that space. That is so incredible. That is so beautiful and so profound. And, and so easy to forget. <laughs> right? In our, in we our think, crazy, well, 
crazy techno-filled chaotic world. Absolutely. I find some of the more significant things are so simple. It's this, it's a remembering more than anything else, but it tends to be these simple foundational things that get drowned out by the particulars, that get drowned out by the, you know, quote unquote, figuring it all out, the strategy that we often get looped into in our minds. And so it's, it's a remembering. And I think coming back into loving relationship with the body is a core foundational principle with that. I kind of, I work with people in kind of two different groups. I work with people who have chronic pain and autoimmune illness or some combination thereof, those things that are not particularly well or easily treated by conventional medicine. Mm -hmm. And for those people to remember that the body is not broken, to remember that there is a deeper brilliance and a deeper capacity for healing and for wholeness to be able to unfold and express is a really necessary piece. And for those folks, a lot of the deeper healing is really about, it's, it's about kind of cultivating a literacy. Part of it is an emotional literacy and connecting back to the body as the felt sensation, knowing that however we feel, uh, whether that's a physical sensation in the body or an emotional expression as well, which we also feel through the portal and the, the ground of the body, that underneath that, those sensations are needs and desires and parts of us that require expression. And sometimes that expression requires us to feel safe. And sometimes that expression just requires the voice to be heard and all of that. So um, there's, a, there's a deeper capacity of healing that conventional medicine, I think, is, is learning. I will say, I, I will give it some credit. I think the paradigm that we're seeing shift, it's learning, it's, re, it's remembering that we are a whole organism, that we are a whole human, that we are a whole body, mind, and soul, and bringing space to all of that. So, so I think there is good news in that respect. Uh, I, I hope I hold the space for a deeper capacity of that to come forward. And then the other group of people that I work with are really those who are feeling stuck or stagnant in some area of their lives. Oftentimes we have like, whether, whether it's one area or, or just a couple of things where we feel like we're hitting against the same walls again and again and again. And so we tend to go into self-criticism and self-judgment in those. Like, why can't I just figure this out already? Because dear God, I have been slamming against this wall for a decade, right? right. Or we think, you know, that we should be further along, the coulda, woulda, shouldas, we, we should be further along or that we should have it resolved by now. And yet it's still causing some very real pain in our lives. And what I've learned from that, so, so with that group, it, it tends to be more along like power clarity coaching. We tend to hold the space with all of my clients. I, I don't really believe in cookie cutter anything. So with all of my clients, it's really showing up to see what is most needed right here and now in this moment, in this breath, and allowing that to serve. But I think what's also true is it's connecting to what's, deep, what's activated deeper in the systems. There's always a deeper reason why than we fully are consciously aware of. And we tend to blame ourselves because we're, we're, our mind is reaching for whatever's going to make that connect for us. Like whatever that core issue is, we think we should just know it because we've been having this challenge for so long. But what's actually true is that there's so much of us involved in the activation. There's deeper parts of ourselves who 
in some cases we know may exist or may be kind of aware that they're somewhat related to that, but we're still not, don't have the full understanding. And what I've seen time and time again, both in my, my own personal journey, as well as in my work with my clients is when you reconnect those pieces, when you come to fully understand what's underneath the activation, the shame and the guilt and the judgment dissolve instantly. It's like a heartbeat that changes everything. Fantastic. Whew. Did you get all that? <laughs> so beautiful. And so, oh God, so deep. Um, so what I want to know, Karen, is how you got to this place. Mm. What's your story? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I created this healing space because it was one that I needed. I created this space because my own history involves chronic and autoimmune illness. My own history involves a lot of healing from trauma and, and in both big and small ways. So I think trauma is a very loaded word. There's a lot of labels and judgments that kind of come along with that. And for some people that might be a singular or a big instance of wounding in their past. And for some people that might be, you know, just the experience of having lived a very human life and that we all are in, we all are impacted by pain patterns. We all are impacted by moving through the world and being witness to the wounding and the pain that happens around us. And so I definitely had my own, you know, journey to flow through and for me, conventional approaches certainly had their merit, but didn't touch the deeper core of, of what was going on for me. But, and so it began as a physical journey. It's a really interesting thing, the body, mind, soul interconnection. We often have an entry point in one of the areas. And then if we're willing and open to go to all the places, we find that they're all interconnected. So for me, it began as a, as a search for healing in my body, knowing somewhere within me that there had to be something better than what I was experiencing. And so when and was this for you? Were you a teenager or? That was about 12 years ago. It was right after, uh, I, I was very, so right along the lines of like ending a traditional college, um, <laughs> experience. Mm -hmm. Although I'm a bit of a perpetual student, so I, I shifted gears and, and did some other things. But um, right around that time, so around 22, about 12 years ago, um, I just knew there had to be something better. I was significantly overweight, but also just had a lot of expression of chronic pain, of autoimmune illness, dysregulation with inflammation and all of those things. And I just knew there had to be a better way and that there was a capacity to go to connect naturally to that space. I just, there was something within me and there, were, there was a lot of writing on the wall. I think that only now do I fully appreciate that, that all the ground that had been laid before that moment. Okay. So being the, so I'm a former scientist and engineer. And so I went deep into the research. I dove in head deep. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Scientist <laughs> and engineer. Yes. So I studied, I did a lot of environmental chemistry research, but hard chemistry and then chemical engineering were my two uh, focused studies. Wow. And then, uh, and then I switched to art and design. It's, it's a weird melange of things for sure. But yes, I kind of have that, um, that problem solving nature embedded in with me. 
So you're so, a DLOS. Does lots of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, All right yeah. sister. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I, I had to touch on that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting backdrop, and and it gives me a really interesting perspective even in the work that I do, understanding how natural systems function, even shifting into the art and design, which actually has a very similar problem solving perspective, right. but it also gave me a deep appreciation for the importance of how information is packaged and how we communicate with each other and those wow. sorts of things. So, um, yeah, so I, I dove head deep into the research and began to explore and find what was healing my body. And luckily I was, open enough to, to, and gave myself permission to explore wherever that landed. And so for me, it certainly had to do with the physical foundations. I think often when we're trying to heal something in our physiology, we go to the physical foundations. So food, hydration, sleep, our relationship to stress and urgency, which kind of goes through the mind, body, soul uh, span, but there's definitely physiological implications for all of that and, and rest in those sorts of things. Um, and then once I began that process, I realized that it went so much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. And I started studying energy medicine. And in particular, I'm a, I'm a trained Reiki master practitioner and teacher. I've also been trained in about four other forms of energy work and working with the systems of the body to understand what's active in the systems underneath that. And realizing that the energy underpins, it underlies the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, and that all of those need, to, need space to be understood and encouraged and emboldened as we heal. That healing is, is not just skin deep, but it absolutely includes all of the layers. And, um, and allowed that process to unfold. So it's been, it's been over a decade of, of exploring and training and um, you know, going to coaching school and those sorts of things. And it kind of unfolded this deep heartfelt purpose within all of that. And so now I serve mainly as a coach for folks. I still do some of the energy work. Mostly I, I kind of give all my tools as they're needed in the space with all of my clients. Um, but I also do some of the energy work locally and, um, I'm a yoga teacher now and, and do a few other forms of embodiment work as well. And then uh, have my own podcast as well, which is a lovely right. space of expression. So uh, y'all can look forward to, to hearing Paulette on my podcast very soon as well. <laughs> right on, right on. Wow. Yeah. So yes, you do lots of stuff. And uh, like me, you're kind of my soul sister there. Um, yes. And totally uh, on board with the whole embodiment as, as a, a dance dancer and a dance teacher and running a global dance company but incorporating movement into the wellness package, I think is really important. I mean, you know, um, and I think I work with predominantly midlife women, mid-career women, and a lot of them have forgotten how to move. And to start to incorporate body movement with connection with the spirit, right? And with the heart and with the brain oh that's so juicy and yes so important and we are we are physical beings that are meant to move we are and yet what's what's interesting i think is the way that you're saying that to me is very much also like a remembering it's a remembering of this core capacity and and brilliance that's within us this 
the way that we were designed. I think for me, part of my healing journey and what I have learned very deeply for my clients too is it's for me, it, it was a, it was an inherent learning. I was not one that was super active or um, even had a lot of movement growing up. Okay. And in fact, what I, what I came to understand. Uh, so one of my deepest experiences of trauma, which created it, it really unfolded a whole big piece of my journey and my own healing. Um, but what I realized is that because it was instituted so early, so it happened when I was seven years old, that my body went on lockdown mm. after that. So there was complete constriction and lockdown in certain areas of the body. And I didn't even, I wasn't even consciously aware of that. But over the, the last decade, a lot of the healing has been reconnecting to the physical space of, of the different areas of my body. Movement has been a very healing tool in all of that. And I think movement really invites us to be present in the moment. I think with my own yoga practice and, and any form of, I love to dance. I love to dance. I love to walk. I love to move. I love to yeah. just feel how it feels to be in my body. Again, seems like it should be a pretty simple thing. And yet it's completely relevatory for most of us. And um, I was just having this conversation yesterday. I don't know if you guys have like the, the scooters you can find on your phone in, in your city. Uh-huh. Somebody asked me yesterday if I was pro scooter or anti scooter. And I said, I'm not, I'm not fundamentally against the scooter, but I am philosophically against the scooter because we spend so much of our days. I mean, even, even with knowing how important movement is, and that is a daily practice for me, I know how much of my day I sit and I produce and I do all of these things. And so for me, I very much make a decided choice to walk to the places that I go or to get up and walk. And that I'm like, do we need to re- disconnect from yet another opportunity to have any form of movement with us in all of so that? True. It's so true. And of course, you know, with the, the computer age, the technology, it's like we sit so much in front of this thing, um, whether it be a television or the computer, it's like we sit, it's like you should get up every hour and move your body and just notice, notice if you do that, people challenge mm-hmm. do that, notice your energy, notice what you bring back to your work. Right. Yes. And I think notice again, connecting back to those physical sensations. And then if you, if you have an emotional nature, we totally often shut down when we're a lot of our producing kind of happens from the neck up. And so whether that's a to-do list we're completing or a conversation we're having, or even just reflecting on what's happening in our lives, it's, we're so cerebral, we're so intellectualized in all of that. And so we kind of forget that the body has a complete wealth of wisdom Mm. for us in all of that. And learning that, learning what it has to say, learning even how it burns through certain emotions, even on my yoga mat and all of that. Sometimes, you know, if we're, if we're waking up and having, you know, anxiety or a heaviness of emotion that's present. Now that could be anger or rage or judgment or frustration or challenge or, you know, anxiety or fear, any of those things to be present and acknowledge that it's present with us. And then to see what's actually there for us. Sometimes it has nothing to do with this moment of life. Some old, it's either A, our body releasing those emotions, and in which case we can provide it a pathway for release. 
so that we're not sitting with it all of the time. In some cases, it's a deeper part of ourselves that are holding on to those emotions. And sometimes there is inspired action that can come out of that to bring resolution. Sometimes we just need to be able to hold ourselves with those emotions mm-hmm. to actually feel what it feels like for all of that. To almost think of, of like, you know, whatever that younger part of you is at that time, if you can identify an age, great. But even still, just recognizing that it's a younger, more innocent part of you and acknowledge that sometimes they just need to be held within whatever activated state that they are and to know that they're safe, to know that they can feel however they feel. And again, then that provides the release and we learn a deeper wisdom. There's always a deeper understanding unfolding within all of that. So, uh, It's so beautiful and it feels so good. I mean, the the ultimate reason for living, living is to feel good, yes, right? Absolutely. In our body, in our brain, in our spirit, uh, and and just uh, the release. I mean, we all have these things, but to, the release is is a just a feel good moment or experience. Um, I'll never forget. I'm, I I might be digressing here, but I'll never forget Please years do. and years and years and. The, centuries ago um (laughs) i was taking a class and this was still and i was full on teaching in my dance studio and doing all this but i was always out trying other things and trying things and it was before zumba so that was a long time ago and i remember like this kick-ass salsa kind of kickboxing type class thingy i was taking and in the middle of it i was like (gasps) and i was just like holy shit what is that and it was like this deep emotional release and i was like oh now i get it and that's helped direct me into all the things that i do today but i'll never forget that moment in the middle of class and i was like i can't cry in the middle of class what is this (laughs) you know but how movement can help release all that stuff yes Or, I mean, even just tapping into the wisdom of the body as it's intended to be, which is as a guidance system. It is as a vessel through which we feel our way through this life. So even you can, you can even be a little more proactive with it. And if you're connected with your body, if you have that cultivated relationship with your body, you can even ask direct questions. Right. You need right now. What would feel good right now? Let's do consider if you're considering like a choice or an action or um you know whatever the the decision of the moment is then to feel into your choices and see what makes you feel lighter what makes you feel more expansive what actually energetically whether that's in the the density of your tissues or just in the in the fullness of your breath allows you to open just a little bit more because that's truth for you right and then what makes you feel heavier or denser or more constricted that's the cue from your body. And it's actually informing us in every moment and every breath and every heartbeat. But again, we often forget or it gets drowned out because we're so much in our minds. Well, and that's it. That's it. It's like learning how to listen. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's meditation and then it becomes a moving meditation. And, and I teach both of those. I think that all, all of that is really important, but it's, it's like shutting up to listen. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And maybe even giving yourself a little more time than you think too, because if we ask a question, oftentimes the mind will be an immediate responder. 
and all of that. And maybe the heart and soul and the body take a little bit longer and they're a little bit softer as we're learn relearning that language and relearning to listen for that voice. But if you wait, if you actually take the time to listen, it's unmistakable truth. You'll feel it in your deepest core when it comes forward. Truth. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I do think too, that the mind, if the mind reacts instead of acts. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes we're so programmed to find that immediate answer and that immediate solution. And instead of taking that time, like you said, taking that time to actually integrate through the whole process, um, yes. reacting, you know, it's like, take some time to actually just shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, to have a little gentleness with ourselves too. I mean, the mind, we, we tend to, especially because we tend to develop a negative mental loop, we tend to demonize the ego or we tend to, to you know, wish away whatever negative mental chatter, whatever kind of is causing us pain in that space. And that's, that's understandable, but we can, we can recognize that it's just trying to save us some work. The mind is a very efficient process processor actually and so it's trying to save us the work it's trying to make connections for us without us having to do a lot of the heavy lifting mentally in order to make that happen but when we do that then we kind of get on autopilot a little bit so it's a, it is about slowing down it is about shifting off the automatic and becoming a little more manual as one of my favorite yoga teachers uh, would offer in that space to shift from automatic to manual to Ooh, shift more into more conscious space of being, but to do that with gentleness and softness and to hold ourselves in that container of our own loving kindness. Mm, that's really good. I love that. So my question to you is, what do you do for yourself? Mm, beautiful your, question. What do you do? Do you have a daily ritual? I definitely do. I have for sure a morning practice often an evening practice as well. Those are two times, you know, as we begin our day and as we close our day, they're kind of beautiful entry points and conclusion points. And um, for my morning practice, there's usually an element of learning that's involved. There's an element of, I guess more than anything, it's an element of receiving. So oftentimes I'll be reading <laughs> any number of 25 different books or whatever feels good, but I'll kind of pull on what, what I feel called to in that morning and just have a little bit of touch base with something that inspires me. They're often more spiritual in nature because that deeply nourishes myself, but mostly it's, um, I think there's an element of trust and surrender in all of that. I've been sitting a lot recently with this idea that it's a quote actually from the Druid Craft Tarot, which is a super interesting um, piece, but it's sometimes it drops these little like knowledge bombs and they're so brilliant, which is that love requires surrender and surrender requires choice. And so I think of surrender not as a giving up. It is a giving up of sorts, but, but it's really a giving up of all the places within me that haven't found infinite loving presence yet. You know, it's a giving up of the control, which is creating the illusion of safety. It's giving up all of the illusions, really. 
and just being present to what good and what love is here for me now. And so my practice usually involves a little bit of, for me, receiving and reading someone else's words and letting myself just allow and receive what resonates as truth for me is a, is a great practice. There's also always an embodiment practice. And sometimes that looks like an EFT tapping sequence. Sometimes that looks like time on my yoga mat. Sometimes it's just me sitting and breathing and, and putting a hand on my belly uh, and feeling myself breathe and come back into being. There's usually some breath work and meditation involved in all of that too, because I really value connecting with those deepest parts of myself and connecting and, and letting go of, of anything that's not necessarily distracting, but again, it's a, it's a letting go of what's no longer true for me. And, and it seems that every day I wake up and there's, there's some stuff that I've somehow consciously processed through overnight or (laughs) still resonating from the day before, but there's usually a a call towards lightning Mm -hmm. in the morning. And so my spiritual practice usually centers around that. And then I usually keep my more creative work, whether that's writing or, um, you know, any, any kind of content creation that I'm doing for my business, that, that is kind of sacred space for me in the morning while I have all of that vibrant energy and clarity focused through. And then in the evening, again, there's just kind of a letting go of things. It's, it's coming back to a space of what feels like truth, what feels like love, what feels good in all of that. And that can look like lots of different things. And um, usually I've had some time before that where I like to quote unquote muggle out. Like I, I'm not on all of the time spirit, spiritually speaking. So, you know, we're all human. We can have the full keyboard experience, but in general, there's, um, there's a lot of touch points for that. And, and I think for me coming back to those space, that, that foundation of truth and loving presence, knowing that no matter what fear or judgment or heavier emotions may be surfacing in any moment, or even experiencing joy and all of those things too, no matter what the felt sensation that, that we are held and supported and seen and met and heard in every moment. And, and that's a deep remembering in my process. So, so that's what I do for me is I make sure that I have epic self-care. Yes. I make sure that I'm, I, every day and it's really at this point integrated throughout the day, there's this constant connection back to myself. And am I deeply serving myself through my words, through my thoughts, through my actions, not from a place of judging every little thing that I do, but just from a place of awareness, again, shifting more towards a manual, more conscious way of, of choosing in the world and recognizing those, those moments where I can choose again, you know, where I can just begin again and receive deeper in all of that space and um, making sure that I'm nourishing myself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that all those fears are met. So I have a, I have a pretty fierce self-care practice. I learned like my, my deep belief is that we are all so worthy just as we are of epic self-care and that when we nourish ourselves from that space, then the world can be served from our overflowing. But no one is, yeah, no one is served from our depletion. And I think what's also true is that the, even the philosophy and the foundations of this work are lived from the inside out. So it is how it is, it's as important how I embody in my own life as whatever I'm offering to a client. There's an authenticity and an integrity piece with all of that. So, um, 
you know, I, I practice as well as I offer guidance in that space. And for me to do the work, even to get out of my own way and all of that just requires me to be very present. So I have a lot of practices and a lot of intention throughout the day to just be aligned from that space so that whatever is for, whether it's a client or part of my community or, or just whoever is in front of me, whatever human heart is in front of me, that their greatest joy and their highest good is being served in that moment. Oh, I'm just breathing that in. <laughs> me too. That was beautiful. And um, we just, I think we just forget or allow, allow ourselves to take that kind of time. I mean, like you said, epic self-care. And in this, in this day and age of, you know, this chaotic everything, everything, um, that we can't, we can't be of service. We can't serve our highest good if we don't pay attention to ourselves. I mean, yes. that's it. That's it. That's the bottom line, right? What, what I would say is also, it, it is the bottom line for sure. What's also true is as when you begin to do some of these things, that shift from automatic to manual sometimes does take time. It takes time and it takes attention. Right. And that requires energy and effort and investment right. in that exchange. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's true though, is if we're willing to invest that time and energy and attention on the front end, it can become integrated. So for me at this point, yes, I do make sure that I have sacred space in the morning for myself because if I don't, honestly, the rest of my day is kind of shot. I'm not going to show up that things are not going to be as aligned and in the flow and have so much ease and grace if I don't take that time for me. So it's almost like if I invest on the front end, then everything else is more brilliant. And what's also true is all the practices that I do, they're integrated in every moment. I used to, when I, when I first began this process, it was about like, almost like you would have to set aside time and think yeah. about things and then execute them and actualize them. And it oh. does take time to, to process that. But if you, the more that you do it, the less time and the less activation energy it requires to do all of that. And then it becomes integrated. And so, you know, I would say I can do all of the things that I want to do, but I'm also very mindful of where my boundaries and, and where my values are in all of that. So I make more conscious choices. Right. And then even in my relationships with other people and, and the commitments with other people, I show up far more present and, and in higher service, even if it's just, you know, a family member or a loved one. And, you know, honestly, especially in those spaces, because we can become so used to, we, we, we definitely can shift, tend to shift towards expectation in those spaces. So it keeps me very present. So the quality of time is so much higher and people, I think, feel more nourished yeah. from those, those kinds of interactions with me. And more of that, please. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For both, that's for such both a privilege. Sides. Both yeah. sides. I mean, they feel more nourished, but you're more nourished. Exactly. And so then, then there's like this generative effect that happens where, yes, I, I'm, I am talking about epic self-care. And yes, it is a daily practice. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I'm dedicating six hours a day to right. this kind of practice. <laughs> 
it's integrated throughout my day. It just means that rather than, you know, zoning out on my phone or, you know, even if I'm in an elevator, I'm just in a different space of connection with myself in those same moments. And it's all integrated as you go through. So it might, when you first make certain changes, it definitely might require some discipline. It might require some choice in all of that. But, but overall it becomes integrated and then there, then it's this beautiful foundation of your life and living. Love that. Love that. Did you hear all that, my friends? <laughs> Good stuff. And, I, and it's so true. I mean, it does take discipline and commitment to start on that path. And it's, it's such a buzzword these days, you know, self-care. Uh, but why is that? Because it's freaking the most important thing you can do so that you can live your life to the fullest and the brightest and the happiest and the uh, to do the work that you're here to create and live your dreams and live your passion and your purpose and, and that whole circle of beauty and power and, and making change in the world because that's what we're here for. Absolutely. So Karen, woo. Wow. <laughs> all right. So really, really quickly here. So I will give you all of Karen's links, of course. So she has a podcast. Um, and you have your website. You also have a special offering for our people here today. I do. So one of the special structures that I offer, particularly with the clarity coaching, because I think oftentimes, again, when we are slamming against those walls of challenge, we tend to go in those spaces of self-criticism and self-judgment and, oh, why can I just not get through this thing? And again, what I, what I offer is that you are absolutely doing the best that you can. And sometimes we need to be held in safe space. Mm. Sometimes we need to allow ourselves to receive and to be held in safe space allows us to soften in a way that allows whatever that healing or expansion is. And so it's, it is really great um, space for all of that. So one of the things that I do offer is a single session power coaching. Uh, it's called a clarity of heart session because for me, we really talk about heart and soul desires and there's always a deeper heartfelt reason why you want whatever the chance transformation or expansion or thing is. And so uh, normally those sessions, um, run for $333 investment. And I would love to gift your audience $111 off that. I love, I love Ooh. like angel numbers, sacred nice. numbers. <laughs> so, uh, I would love to offer a single session to all of you for $222 and you can come as you are, whether that's a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, something you haven't processed yet and you're just tired of dealing with it. Like whatever that space is, you can come and allow yourself to receive and allow yourself to resolve whatever those challenges are because on the one hand we will address anything that you're consciously aware of but i i guarantee you there's there's probably some deeper roots there that we can bring some light and some illumination to as well so it's a really great space so i'll send you the link for that as well that's beautiful thank you for that great offering Mm -hmm. friends did you hear that (laughs) it's a beautiful offering uh i would totally take karen up on that and so you friends out in heart and hustle land. Thank you for joining us for another episode of heart and hustle visionary healers, movers, and shakers. And you can see why Karen is on this episode. Um, 
And as always, I love to bring you people who are making change, people who are making differences, people who are creating beauty and power and enlightenment and giving us tools and inspiration. And, you know, always, 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 we, we can take that in and allow ourselves to grow even bigger and more more full, more fuller. <laughs> is, that a, is that proper English? Um, we'll allow it. <laughs> anyway, I'm so grateful for you to join us on this episode. And I am Paulette Ristini, your tribal hostess. Movement, momentum, and magic for everyday living. And until we meet again, thank you for being here.